You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations and Meditations. I am your host, Virgil Ferrix, and today is January 5th, 2019. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, okay, I guess today is kind of an uh, interesting day for a few reasons. First reason is um, actually I think tomorrow because I think that I first started this last January on the 6th, 2018. That's when I first started podcasting. So technically it's my uh, full year of doing this. And I just wanted to thank everybody at Podcast Detroit for supporting me and making all this happen. I want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to me and actually giving a damn what I'm talking about. Um, and I want to thank all my guests who have ever been on here um, and the guests featured to come that, you know, you guys are always welcome back. And I can't wait to make more shows with you. Okay. So got that out of the way. <laughs> I... You know, wanted to, you know, I thought about what to talk about on today's show. Should I kind of go through what I did the last year and kind of what I learned or should I kind of go in a different direction? And, you know, I think I might do a little bit of both. I'm not entirely sure if that's something uh, that will end up happening, uh, primarily because the first topic is kind of, it might take up the whole time. So, Firstly, I want to talk about, um, you know, the new year. The new year represents a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And the new year, you know, tr it's for many people, it's a time where they can, you know, look at the new year and say, okay, well, I want to be able to do this, this and that, or you know, stay away from this and that, you know, make re their resolutions. And, you know, most times, I would say more often than not, most people don't follow through in their resolutions. Now, I stopped making resolutions uh, in 2014 and I kind of want to go over something that I've been doing for a while and a lot of other people have been doing. Um, it's called a past year review. So in a sense, New Year's resolution, what basic – what that is, is you find you know one or two things – that you don't particularly like about your life within the last year that you want to make better in the next year. So obviously the intention there is, you know, for some type of self-improvement, whether it's, you know, legitimate, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, way out of your range in terms of being, you know, possible to reach. Um, yeah, you make some type of effort to make something better. Um, with the past year review I think it's a little – it's it's actually way different and it adds a lot to um, the next year coming, you know, the, the new year. So um, 
somebody that's really talked about this a lot and kind of given this a really great blog post is Tim Ferriss, you know, very popular writer, wrote The 4-Hour Body and a bunch of other great stuff. Um, he talked about uh, talking about doing his first uh, – he called them PYRs, past year reviews, after a mentor's young daughter died of uh, cancer on December 31st, roughly eight years ago. And uh, he said he's done it ever since. It takes about 30 to 60 minutes according to him and, it's, and it looks like this. He said, grab a notepad, create two columns, positive and negative. Go through your calendar from the last year. Look at every week. For each week, jot down on the pad any people, activities, commitments that tr- that triggered peak positive or negative emotions from that month. Pull them in the respective – put them in the respective columns. Um, four, once you've done – once you've gone through the past year, look at your notepad list and ask – you know, uh, what 20% of each column produced the most reliable or powerful peaks? Based on the answers, take your positive, you know, leaders and schedule them more, uh, schedule more of them throughout the year uh, and get them on your calendar as soon as possible. Uh, book things with friends and uh, prepay for activities, events, concerts, commitments that you know will work out for you. It's not real, real until it's on the calendar for a lot of people, uh, most people I would say, especially for me. Um, so that's one step, right? You know, step two, he mentions, is to take the negative leaders and put it on your not-to-do list at the top and put them somewhere where you can see them each morning for the rest few weeks of 2019. Um, these are people, things you know that make you miserable. So don't put them on your calendar out of obligation, guilt, or any other nonsense. Stay away from that. And that's pretty much how he defines a past year review. Um, Oprah does this, Bill Gates, Melinda Gates, they do all a similar type of, um, uh, ritual. Cause this is really a ritual in a lot of ways. You know, most people who are either religious or not religious, we all humans all engage in some type of ritual. And, uh, this is, you know, like meditating in a lot of ways. So that's kind of a really basic, uh, understanding of Tim Ferriss's way of doing the past year review. I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth and kind of give you what I kind of do. So like I said, I've been doing this since I think around 2014. And what I try to do is I try not to do this in 30 to 60 minutes or whatever um, because for me, it's a lot of stuff to take and, you know, from its, you know, as I do look at the calendar and I do look at, you know, my past events and everything that happened, I do do that. So I do, you know, and I do have a positive and negative column that I would do either on my phone or whether it's on a, on a pad, you know, I think a pad is probably best. And, you know, I try not to hurry up with this primarily because it's a lot to decompress um, because everything that's been good or great or bad or, you know, terrible throughout the last year um, for any of us is kind of, you know, it takes a while Number one, to remember these things, but it also takes a while to recall the emotion I had or you would have at that exact moment. And a lot of the time it, it offers us a – it puts us in a place where we can kind of get a little sad or you know really happy depending on what we're thinking about. But um, I think it's necessary for us to do this. Um, so again, why do I think this is a better alternative to a New Year's resolution? Um, a past year's review gives you so much information that you wouldn't necessarily or normally have unless you would do something like this. So some of the benefits I've noticed is 
you can identify or better identify lessons that you've learned throughout, you know, the year, the last year. Um, that's very, very important. Um, learning. So most people, including myself at times, while you're going through the year, doing your everyday things, working, meeting with friends, meeting with loved ones, we kind of go through life sleepwalking in a lot of ways. There isn't really an act. We're not really an active participant in our lives, not really an active participant in what we're doing day through day. But something to understand is, is that in a lot of ways is just apathy, apathy towards the situation, apathy towards your frustration of what's going on in your life and all these different things. So it's pretty much sleepwalking throughout your life. And we don't really notice the times that are really good or really bad or good or bad as well as we'd like to. I mean, yes, we do think that. But essentially, you know, at the end of the year, we kind of forget about that and kind of move on. And sometimes it's essential to kind of – because the thing is like forgetting things is never a good idea in a lot of ways. I think it's better to integrate the aspects of what you've learned, the lessons you've learned and kind of integrate that within your being, within your personality and then go out there and face the world. So I don't necessarily think it's important for us to continue to be sleepwalking throughout life. So a pastor's review offers you the chance to really pinpoint the major lessons you learn throughout the year. And it's going to require you to dig into the really great moments in your life in the last year. It's going to require you to, to look into things that you've enjoyed, things that, you, that have made, you know, brought you a lot of joy, things that have given you a, you know, some meaning, some purpose in life. You know, like for instance, for me, um, one of the lessons I learned from last year, uh, you know, in terms of something that's brought me a lot of joy is this show. This show has offered me a lot of meaning and a lot of purpose in my life. That, you know, wasn't there because this show offers me a creative outlet to do what I love, you know, to talk about ideas. So for me, you know, one of the lessons I learned is that the show is good for me pretty much in every way. So you can identify the good things in your life and then, okay, well, this has been good for me every time. So I should probably continue this because it's made my life X amount better. And the whole idea of the show, the whole idea of, conversations and meditations in, in any light. The, the, the main thing I want to get across and I've been trying to get across is that what we're what I'm trying to do here, what anybody who's ever tried to come up, you know, come on the show and try to talk about, what we're focusing essentially is on, you know, human flourishing, is the flourishing of your life, the flourishing of the people you care about's lives. Because at the end of the day, you know, money, power, success, relationships that are meaning, meaningless, you know, these things are great and all. Um, in the temporary moment, but they don't offer the lasting purpose and meaning in your life that will let you go forward. You know, um, so the whole idea of this show is to encourage human flourishing. So I think you know, a year past years review, it, that's the main thing it does. It encourages your flourishing. So by first, like I said, identifying the lessons you learn throughout the year. So it, you know it. It, so when you do this, it shifts your reality in a in a, in a in a in a way. It shifts your mindset because it allows you to be much more solution oriented rather than problem oriented, and it allows you to become more proactive rather than reactive. So when you're reactive and you're you know problem oriented, you necessarily do not respond to external stimuli that will either put you in a good mood or in a bad mood in a you know appropriate way. So there's a lot of ways where I can, you know, if I'm more reactive and solution, you know, problem oriented, 
you know, if someone mistreats me, I'm more likely to react, you know, n- number one, in a way that would trigger some type of negative hostility, you know, hostile type of feelings around the situation versus, you know, if I was more proactive and I would speculate the person I'm talking to is not necessarily a very nice person and you do the things that you need to do as a person, you know, engaging in the world, you have to have expectations, but the expectations cannot be more so than what you already know and what you have because you can't have expectations on things that are, you know, assumed because assumptions don't make the world. Reality does. So like I said, you know, it's important to review what's happened this year, you know, in the title, you know, past your review, but like it, it allows you to break down the year in such a way and fashion that will allow you to go through good moments and really appreciate them, really appreciate the hard work you put in, really appreciate you know, the next thing, the next thing you've taken to the next level, really appreciate the dedication you've had for yourself and the dedication you had to others, uh, towards, maybe it was towards losing weight. Maybe it was towards becoming a better father, becoming a better brother, becoming a better mother, sister, you know, uh, friend. I mean, it could be anything, right? Um, so it's important to look back and see what you did throughout the year to realize what you've done right. And it's important to, you know, not only realize it, but to, con- you know, in a way, congratulate yourself that you've been doing something right. Because it's it's not, it's not really easy to do the right thing a lot of the time. And the, a lot of the time, the right thing requires a lot of, you know, um, discomfort. So that's really important. So I think another thing, though, is that's that's the good stuff, right? Another thing, you know, reviewing the year can offer you what happened, you know. Um, it, it can offer you a... It can offer you a a healthy way to deal with the things that have caused you some pain this year. So, for instance, um, in my life, um, there's been some, uh, some wonderful things going on this last 2018. Fantastic, amazing things, beautiful things. I feel like I've grown a lot of ways. I've met a lot of wonderful people um, that I really love and I really care about. Um, the show is really been fantastic and has done wonders for myself and wonders for others. So I'm really happy about that. But at the same time, of course, there's always going to be tragedy, whether it's, you know, a family member that's been sick or a, fr- a friend that I've lost earlier than the uh, last year. You know, these things happen, right? This is, that's what the human condition is. This is what life is. And it's important to realize that, you know, you can't forget the, the things that brought you down this year. It's important to think about them. It's important to focus on them. It's important to integrate them. So, for instance, I lost a close friend of mine um, earlier last year, almost a year now to this day. And something that I I learned, a lesson I learned is, you know, the love and the respect and the attitude that that person had towards others really motivated me and inspired me to continue doing the show and to continue talking to people and to continue to um, reach out to others because that person was – that person you know, became that for so many different people and it, it implored me to you know, dig deep inside and figure out what's going on within myself and make the right choices. Um, and you can learn from tragedy. You can learn from sadness. You can learn from suffering. But it's important that we don't forget and it's important that we integrate these things that have happened to us throughout our lives, throughout the year especially, within ourselves 
and have that move forward. You have to move, you have to be able to move forward in life, right? You can't, you can't stay in 2018. And that's, that's a big problem with, with a lot of people when they come to doing something like this is it, it, it gives you, it puts you in a place where you can start to feel the emotion that you felt at those, at those times throughout the year. And it can put you in a place where you feel like you're stuck in last year. And that's something that I, I have to bring up because doing a past year's review for a lot of people, you know, the year wasn't necessarily great for many different reasons. And, you know, something that I, I think is very true and very important, especially when it, when it comes to, to realizing, you know, realizing, you know, what's important about life and what's important about, you know, your struggle, and what's important about everything is, you know, if, if the reason 2018 sucked was that of something in your control, so meaning something that you had control over, know this, the year didn't suck. You did. <laughs> Understand that. And that, that's, there's a distinction between your control, what you have control over. If the year sucked because you failed in a way, in a fashion over and over again, and you said you were going to do something different and you said you were going to change, but you didn't, realize it. The year didn't suck. You did. And you have to make the necessary changes to get the respect and love and honor from people that love you and that want to see you do better. But if the year sucked for things that were outside of your control, this is where the stoicism comes in, things that were outside of your control, then you have to realize and understand that these things happened because they happened. You know, I have family members that are currently ill. These, you know, have been ill throughout the last year. This happens. This is a fact of being a human. People get old and people get sick. Um, it, it doesn't make life easier. It doesn't make life necessarily, you know, easier to walk through and, and, you know, to bear the pain and stuff like that. But something to realize is, are you trying to be your best? Are you trying to be there for them? Are you trying to offer them some type of, you know, consolement and love throughout this time when they're suffering? And if the answer to that is yes, and you're doing as much as you can possibly and without sacrificing, you know, things that are necessary in your life, then of course, fine. And that's the important thing to understand about tragedy is tragedy most of the time is not in your control. It's, 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 it's completely out of your control. Things that happen to us, to people that we love, it's completely out of our control most of the time. I can't make certain family members feel better. You know, I can't change their genetics. I can't do things like that, right? But I understand that what I can do is be there for them. What I can do is help the people that they, you know, that are taking care of them, help them out and do the necessary things to make their job easier, right? But it's not to throw, put myself on a cross and, and become a martyr. No, it's not what it is. It's not about throwing your life away and sacrificing towards them. That's not good because when you try, when, if, if somebody's a caretaker or somebody's trying to help somebody out, you know, if somebody's boat is currently on fire, you don't, you know, dock your boat right next to theirs and get your boat on fire. You put the fire out on their boat, then you give your boat and you help them come on yours. And then you fix theirs, help them fix theirs, and they go back on their boat, metaphorically, right? This is, this is what it means to be there for somebody. And it, the most important thing I can tell you is in 2018, can you look back at the tragedy in your life and who is affected? And can you tell yourself and say to yourself, 
I was there for the people that were going through this, the people that mattered. Because tragedy, tragedy happens to family that you, know, you don't necessarily care about sometimes or to people that you know that you necessarily care about or have a close connection with or a close relationship with. That's different. But for the people that matter, for the people that matter most, people that you care about, were you there? Were you, were you, were you available? If the answer was yes, then you know, you've done something right and it's probably a good thing in your character to continue doing. But if the answer is no, maybe you need to look back and figure out what's been beneficial and what hasn't. So that's 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 that, you know. And another thing about this um, past year review that I really love and I really, you know, honor, cherish is it allows you to regain focus, primarily focus of what you want to do and who you want to be this upcoming year. You know, if you loved who you were in 2018, fantastic. God bless you, right? Perfect. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you didn't like who you were in 2018 and you didn't like some of the aspects of your personality and your behavior and your attitude towards people and towards the world and towards life in general, if you didn't really enjoy that or enjoy that part of you, maybe it's time to regain focus. Maybe it's time to decompress and look inside yourself and really take the time to figure out what's right, what's going right and what's going wrong. So it can put you on the right path you know, this past year's review because it allows you to regain focus for the things and the people that matter most, primarily you. Because at the end of this, like I said, it's all about human flourishing. This whole conversation that I've been having every episode is about your flourishing as a listener, my flourishing as a person, yours as a person. It doesn't matter, right? This is what it's about. And, you know, the really the best thing about this uh, thing is to start the new year on a high note, to start the new year on a place and on a level where you can say, OK, I have a good roadmap for what I want 2019 to look like. And, you know, I'm going to stick to the roadmap as much as I can. I'm going to fall here and there. I might exceed expectations here and there, but I'm not going to let it, you know, make me overly excited or overly sad. I'm going to try to stick to the course. So. That's what it offers, right? This is what a past year review offers. So the, the way I kind of deal with a past year's review and the way I kind of get to going about this is different than, like I mentioned, different than Tim Ferriss's um, explanation where he takes 30, 60 minutes, put a positive and negative column, go through the calendar and jot down the people, the activities, the commitments that triggered peak and positive negative emotions. That's great. I've done that in the past. But more recently, I've kind of gone through a different approach. So my approach kind of takes a while for me. It might not take a while for you. It might take, you know, a couple hours. It might take 30 minutes. It might take 60 minutes. And it's not a continuous I'm sitting here for, you know, five, six hours doing this. No. You are doing this throughout the day when you have some free time for yourself. You're doing this throughout the week when you have free time. I try to take a week to do all this stuff, right? And I'll do a little bit when I, when I wake up in the morning, a little bit when I go to sleep every single day for seven days. And then by that time, I'll have my year kind of broken down into a way that I've kind of break, broken down the positive and the negative. And then right now, you know, I, I've, I'm currently doing that. And what I'm going to do is all the notes that I have, you know, the positive and negatives, I'm going to look at that and then kind of break it down a little more for myself. So for instance, I've done, like I did this last year and I will take, so let's start with people. Right. I will take the people that have been in my life 
throughout 2018. I'll categorize them as, you know, friends that I've known for a while, friends that I really care about, friends that are, you know, acquaintances pretty much, and people that are my family. And I'll put, you know, people that have been a positive influence in 2018 and people that have been negative. And what I'll end up doing, so let's talk about friends. So I'll take uh, a list of my friends or whatever and just kind of write the names down and be like, okay, this person has been a positive influence. Okay, maybe I should spend more time with this person and get to understand what they're doing right so I can learn from them and then apply that to my own life and make my life better. So, but for people that have, you know, either been, you know, not necessarily nice or have kind of been flaky or have not necessarily been respectful, have been mean at times, I kind of take them and I put them on the negative aisle and I kind of see like, okay, why, why, why was, why did I have this overall general view of this person throughout the year? Okay. is because they said this, this and that. Now, did I, did I cause them to say this, this and that? If the answer is yes, what did I say? If I can recall and not recall things that I've done or said to that person, and if I can really recall that it was my fault, then at that point, I would make an effort to kind of work things out and apologize for starting something. But obviously, if it's the other person's fault, and let's say this hasn't really bothered me or my relationship with them, right? It hasn't really affected things that much. Usually, if we talked about it prior, I'll let it go. But if it's something consistent and somebody is just, you know, consistently mistreating you or not, not being nice to you or, or, or causing you some type of pain or, or suffering, then what I try to do with friends is I will call them usually around this time and I will tell them like, oh, hey, man, you know, uh, or hey, uh, let's let's meet up and get some coffee. And at that point, I'll say like, hey, there's been a few times where, you know, you've mistreated me and you said something that I thought was offensive or said something that I thought was um, in bad taste that in- insulted me in front of people that I care about. And uh, you you continue to do this throughout the year. And I just want to let you know that I don't appreciate it, number one. Number two, that I think that you need to or we need to either you know figure what's going on here. And number three, we can try to fix this make it better and you know come to an understanding or we can just stop talking right because like i said the positive people the people that have influenced you throughout the year 2018 in a good way those people you want to let them know and commend them for being good people but the people that have added you know stress anxiety negativity to your life friends at this point you want to actually tell them and let them know that they've caused that and let them know like okay well if you care about them enough you will just you will try to work things out. If you don't care about them enough, you'll just say, "Look, you're a loser, <laughs> pretty much." Or, "I don't appreciate you, and you've mistreated me in the past year a lot, and I, I don't feel like I need it this year." Some, that that would probably be the best thing to say. But I think that's an important thing to reflect on, specifically friends. Now, when it comes to family members, um, I think it's I think it's important to understand. You know, uh, you have to gauge it on how close you are with your family. What's your living situation like? Um, are you taking care of members of your family financially, physically, mentally, emotionally? What, what's going on here, right? You have to understand your relationship to the particular family member you're thinking about. Then it's pretty much from that point of view, you have to understand, you know, whether or not, you know, I'm completely dependent, say I'm dependent on my family, right? Let's say you're 15 and going to high school and you have something to say to your mother or father. 
yeah, obviously you have to gauge on how to do that in the most appropriate and effective way to not have them – if you're afraid of them disowning you or something like that. But it's important to realize that and it's important to figure out who are the members of your family that are giving you a positive influence and in making things better and tell them, hey, mom or dad, whatever, thanks for supporting me throughout you – know, coming, uh, coming to my games these year or thanks you know, for uh, being there to talk to throughout university. Or thanks, you know, for um, helping me out when I needed help. You know, I think it's important to do that, especially for people you love, friends, you know, friends, and and right now I'm talking about family. So it's important to realize the people that you love, and the people that you cherish, and the ones, especially the ones that have given you something good in 2018. Now, family members that have been a negative influence in your life, and have added stress, anxiety, pain, suffering in any type of way. I think it's important because we, we don't really choose family. We choose friends. So it's much easier to distance yourself from friends in a lot of ways. I mean depending on your family, it could be easy as well. Um, so I think it's important to talk to those members of your family very bluntly, very honestly. Don't sugarcoat anything. Tell them exactly what your trans what the transgressions are. Let them know that it hurt you in X, Y, and Z way. Let them know what will make it better and let them know what will not – will guarantee to not – and ask them what will – you know, what can guarantee that this won't happen again. And if the person is willing to admit their faults and if the person is willing to make an effort and change, then go ahead because, you know, something that I've been meaning to to mention and talk about um, and this kind of goes, you know, both for friends and, and for family, something that I've I've fought for a very long time and I've believed for a very long time is the idea that, you know, forgiveness in our culture is is seen as a a giant, beautiful, fantastic virtue. And it's, you know, I don't see it that way very much so. So, you know, in situations like this where you're talking to people about things that have either made things good or made things very bad, you know, yeah, I try to be as objective as possible and as dispassionate as possible. Primarily so I don't make an error in my behavior and attitude when talking to them. So I mentioned forgiveness, right? So I, I, I honestly think forgiveness is an overrated virtue uh, and holding grudges is honestly for people that have a weakness in them. So, but I would say that you know the traditional Christian view of forgiveness is an act of ignoring a transgression. In other, in other words, to act as if the person is in fact not guilty of, of wrongdoing. Forgiveness may or may not be appropriate in a given situation because it may or may not have been earned, which is the only form of forgiveness that is appealing to me. So like I said, forgiveness for me isn't necessarily the Christian way of you kind of just forget what's happened and kind of move on. I don't think that's to me that's I think that's abusive to yourself and very, very, you know, letting laying people off the hook really easily uh, because you're not putting having them become accountable. So like I said, forgiveness may or may not be appropriate in any given situation because, you know, it may or may not have been earned. And this type of forgiveness is the only form of forgiveness that's appealing to me. And, you know, it's important to be this way, I feel like, because it get, it gets you what you want in life and makes room for growth, right? And something you have to understand about this whole concept of talking to people like this is, you know, bad people have no business associating with you if you consider yourself a good person. And neither you do with them. 
because, you know, you should know you're a good person. And they know that as well. So that kind of makes things pretty easy. But it's important to let people know and the people that you, you really care about and want to make things work out with, sit them down and try to make things work. If they're not responsive, you know where they stand. If they are responsive or are trying to make things work and are putting an effort and they're trying to earn your forgiveness and your respect back, go for it. It's worth it. Trust me. I've done it numerous amount of times and a lot of times people have just told me straight up F off. Fine. Uh, many times people have admitted their their faults and their trans- transgressions and I admitted mine to them as well. And I apologized and they apologized and we made an effort throughout the next year to make things better. Now, I, I kind of want to – I talked about friends. I talked about family and I want to co- talk about significant others. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have a significant other. I'm not. I'm currently single. But something that, you know, I can take from doing the uh, past year review while being with somebody is it's a lot – it's a lot like the same type of thing, same type of way. Right. Um, You want to be honest with yourself about your feelings towards them and about their importance to you. Is this somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with? Is it not? Okay, that's something to take into consideration. But it's also important to figure out what throughout the last year they've done to make your life better. And I think it's absolutely essential to let them know how much you appreciate and love them, how much they matter in your life, how much they add value to your life. You know, um, how, how much they, uh, offer you a, a way to appreciate the values that you hold dear because they, they, they exemplify those values that you love. So that's, that's the good aspect that you need to tell your partners about. But again, there's, there's negative things that people have, uh, within their personalities or attitudes or behaviors. And I think it's necessary to tell your partners that as well. Depending on the amount of how bad the transgression was, ladies, if a man cheated on you, then you you have to figure out <laughs> figure out how to deal with, deal with that. Depending on your um, your opinion of how to deal with that, because personally, with me, that that wouldn't that bye bye. <laughs> but you know, or for instance, let's say your husband or your boyfriend doesn't you know, do the dishes or does some type of errand, and you know you've been telling him and he's agreed to do it, but doesn't do it. You know, stuff like this. You have to gauge how important these things are and whether or not they require serious talk. And it's important to contend with your partner because you, you can't go through life just not talking or, you know, just agreeing all the time with each other. That's not how you get things done. That's not how we move forward as a people, as a culture, as friends, as family, as loved ones. This is not how we move on and how we make things better. So I, it's essential to let them know the good and the bad. And I think it's important to stress to your significant other that we are going to try to make less of the bad happen this year, more of the good. And this gets to my next point, you know, the activities that you've done throughout the year and who you've done them with. So think about things that you've done throughout the year. Uh, You know, going out to bars, going out to get dinner with friends, going to movies, going to shows, uh, uh, concerts, um, speeches, uh, art shows, art galleries. Things. Think of things that you've done throughout 2018. Pinpoint the stuff that brought you meaning. Pinpoint the stuff that brought you some happiness and some enjoy. You know, some enjoyment. Pinpoint that stuff. Take that stuff in. Realize that that stuff brings you joy, and figure out why it brings you joy. Right? Why it gives you meaning. It's not that hard. 
then say in 2019, I'm going to fill my calendar, my free time with stuff like this because it made me really happy last year to do this stuff. I had the best time going to this show or going to this concert or going to this art gallery or, you know, going to this speech. I'm going to go to this one later on. Like I mentioned, I'm going to be going to see Sam Harris later this uh, this uh, month in uh, you know 28th. So I, mean, I went to a speech last year and I really loved it. I'm like, oh, I'll go to the speech this year, you know. So uh, stuff like that is really important because you can figure out what you like and then realize, okay, well, I like stuff like this. I should do more stuff that I like <laughs> because that makes sense. But people don't really think about it. People just make decisions on a whim. Oh, yeah, let's go here. And they don't really like the band or they go to this and they don't really like going to these type of events. So, you know, but, you know, some people will go to things because they really like them. Some people will go to things because people ask them to go and they feel like they should be social and they go. So there's a difference. You have to think about things that you like and they really bring you happiness. It really bring you joy and that can really bring out the best in you. And again, same thing. Figure out things that you did last year that you really hated or you really didn't like or didn't bring you joy. And they have to realize, don't connect a negative emotion that was caused by a person to a place or an event. Repeat, do not cause, do not confuse a negative emotion caused by another individual for a place or an event. So for instance, if you get in an argument with your significant other at an axe throwing place, don't think. You know, I hate axe throwing. It's not the reason. You hate what happened there. So <laughs> realize what ha- what's going on and realize what's happening and realize that, you know, it wasn't the activity. It was the people that I was with and the way they were behaving. So you have to make a distinction there because people will connect people, um, events and activities all together in one. And for a lot of people, it's hard, right? Something bad or traumatic happens in an, in a, in an area or in a place and they never go there again. Or very rarely. Trust me, I've done that in the past. It's stupid. It's it's nonsensical and it prevents you from having a good time. But then again, realize why you didn't have a good time. And then you can figure out what you like and what you don't like about activities. But then again, stuff that you don't like, make an effort to let people know that you don't like it. And they won't ask you to go there again. If you're one of those people that people ask you to go, hey, let's go see a movie or let's go here and they don't necessarily like to go to movies or like to go to certain types of shows and they come just so they can be you know, social and be around. I mean, people who do that, I've done that in the past. It's a waste of your time and a waste of your money and it doesn't, you don't have a good time necessarily you know, with the activity. You might have a good time with friends but that's – you just wasted money to hang out with your friends. It doesn't make sense. You go there because you want to have a good time at the activity. Friends are a second, you know, and significant others and family, whatever. They're a second, secondary concern. Their activity is the most important thing. So we talked about activities. Um, next, I would look at the commitments you've had throughout 2018. And then the commitments can include commitments to people you care about. So you're, 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 if, you're, if you're a parent to your children and, uh, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a spouse to your wife or husband. So you have to understand, you know, the commitments and you have to see which of these commitments, you know, relationship wise have brought you a lot of joy, right? And then you have to figure out why they brought you a lot of joy and what about those commitments brought you a lot of joy. And then from there, you can figure out what do I need to increase in my life? If, you know, hanging out with your kids and doing stuff, you know, 
like for me, the eventuality when I have kids, like I can, you know, and showing them Star Wars for the first time, the original trilogy, mind you. But, you know, that, that experience I could just imagine would be fantastic and awesome. And, you know, even if they don't like it, it's still a important moment. Obviously, if they like it, it'd be much better. But, you know, that's a, the thing is like, you have a commitment to them, right? And then the commitment also includes you being, a uh, an active participant within their lives. So, the after if that if that brings you joy, realize why it does, and then act on it, and continue to do that. Continue to bring yourself joy throughout that. The next thing from there is to look into you know your your commitment to work, and see if your work is bringing you joy. See if you are finding some type of meaning or purpose within your work. Do you feel like you're growing in any way? Not necessarily within your position, but are you growing? Are you learning things? Are you learning things about yourself? Are you learning things about the company? Are you learning things about the industry? Do you see an opportunity for for the development? If yes, stick around. If no, why are you still there? Can you get better? Can you do better? Maybe, maybe not. So weigh your options out. Figure out what's positive and what's negative about it. Then you do the, and then you have to do a cost benefit analysis. See what's costing me more and what's benefiting me more. If there's, if there's more benefits, if you're at a job and there's more benefits than, than, than costs, there's more pros than cons, you should stay with it. But if there isn't, you should try to look, find another job and look for another job. So that's very important to understand. Um, also commitments that you might have, uh, socially. Let's say you belong to, uh, you know, softball, basketball leagues, you know, um, all types of different events and you belong to a band. I don't care what it is. You have, if you have some type of commitment that you make socially, you belong to a church or some type of group that meets up. I don't care what it is. If you have a commitment to that group, figure out whether that commitment to that group or groups has offered you happiness. If it has and has brought meaning to your life, continue doing what you're doing there. Stick around with it because it'll bring you more happiness and more joy if you can pinpoint what it actually does for you. But, you know, if a group or, you know, a commitment to a group doesn't bring you joy, if it brings you stress, if it brings you anxiety, if it doesn't, and the thing is like, does it bring you stress and anxiety all the time or just sometimes? Because if it's doesn't, if it's doing it all the time, you got to drop it. But if it's doing, again, for everything, people, activities, commitments, if it's giving you anxiety or stress or, what, or negative emotions all the time, then it's something you should stay away from. But if it's some of the time, you have to figure out what will make it better if it's necessary. But if it's not necessary, stay away from it. So those are the commitments and you got to figure out what is good, what is bad. Now, to end today's show on a, a more positive note and a note that I feel will kind of wrap all this up in a nice little bow. Okay. Something to take from this conversation today and this talk about doing a past year review. It's not about you know, looking in your life and feeling good about yourself or feeling bad about yourself for a few hours and then moving on throughout your day. It's about learning lessons and taking these lessons and making the next year, 2019, a better year for you. It might not be the best year of your life. You know, people say, I'm going to make 2019 the best year of my life, man. It's like, really? Those expectations are not realistic. Some people can have those expectations, but a lot of people can't. So don't overshoot your expectations for a past year review and don't wallow, you know, don't wallow in your sorrow in a past year review either. Look for the positive and negatives of each and every situation and event, people, 
the activities, like I mentioned, and the commitments, look at the positive and negatives there and try to realize and understand what brings you happiness and what brings you na- with sadness and realize if the happiness is natural or it's artificial. That's important. If the happiness is, is natural and it's there and it's real, it's authentic, good, stick with it. If it's manufactured happiness, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol or whatever, and it's causing, you know, other negative effects in your life, personal and physical, stay away from it, right? But if things are on the up and up for your activities and the people you spend time with and the commitments you have, stick with them and increase them because your appreciation of the last year will allow the next year to be more fruitful because the next year will give you an opportunity for more flourishing. Why? Because you're more open to positive things and you're more closed off to things that will hurt you or make it more negative. Now, you don't want to develop a defense mechanism in any type of way. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is figure out things that will give your life flourishing, that will make your life better. Eudomonea, Greek for human flourishing. What will make your life better? Stick with it. Take the negative. Understand what's negative. Is it, is the negative aspects, are they, are they just there, you know, on its own? Is it inherent with the activity, the person, or the commitment that I have? Or is the negativity in the activity, the commitment, or the person, is it manufactured? And am I at a cause for some of that negativity? Or is it really just them? Is it worth to speak to the person about the negativity? Is it worth to talk to the person about the anxiety they cause me? If it's worth it, and if they really matter, do it. If it's not worth it, they shouldn't be around your life that much. Or at all, depending on how bad the transgressions are. But it's important to understand and realize that, you know, the whole idea of looking back and, you know, going through your year's review, your past year review, is to understand what makes you happy and not happy, what makes you flourish and not flourish, what makes you a better human being. You want to be a good person, right? You got to do good things. And you got to understand what are the good things that I've done in the last year and then go out there and make those good things happen more and more and more. Because if you just go go around and, you know, go doing good things, you don't know what necessarily is good and what's bad in, in terms of you know, the specific, specificity of it, specifics of it, excuse me. So you won't be able to replicate them as easily. You might have harder time. It might not be as, you know, as, as fluid for you to replicate these things. So I think that's why it's essential to do a past year's review. It allows you to find the goodness that you had in 2018 and to reproduce that and grow it in 2019 and to do that every year. And you might have giant shifts throughout years of good and bad. And that's normal. That's the human condition. That's the human life. But understand this and know this. If the year Last year, 2018, was bad because of something in your control. It's your, in your control, mind you, your absolute control, not your, oh, I had a little control here and there. Oh, no, 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 something that was in your absolute control. Know this. The year didn't suck. You did. Remember that. Please remember that. And you can't be new year, new me without taking responsibility and bettering yourself. It doesn't exist. That's not how you bec- you grow as a person. That's not how you become better as a person. You can fake it till you make it, whatever. It doesn't work. People see through your BS. People realize it. 
And people will eventually, you know, call you out on being, you know, a piece of crap type of person. So I think it's important if you want to be a good person and exude good things, figure out what you did good last year, figure out what was good for you, figure out what you did bad last year, figure out what was bad for you, remove those things from your life, the things that are bad, bring in or, you know, or accept more of the good things that were in your life and keep on moving forward. Keep pursuing what brings you meaning and happiness. So again, happy new year to everybody. I want to thank you again for listening. It's been a year's time since we've been here. I want to thank you for listening throughout the year. And I hope if your 2018 was good, I'm happy. Continue going on, continue uh, moving forward. If it was bad and you can figure out the reasons why it's bad, please, whether it was good or bad, I implore you to do a past year review. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a good 2019.